0: what's up everybody welcome to episode 48 but officially the beginning of season two of the kings and priests podcast and uh this episode is brought to you by today's presenting sponsor dwell bible since launching in 2018, Dwell's mission has been to help Christians rediscover the ancient practice of listening to scripture through their beautiful digital experience. Dwell offers more than 20 hand-picked voices across 11 translations, and that even includes uh, an international children's Bible version, which is really cool. So there's a lot of stuff for there on there for kids. Uh, Dwell offers a 30-day trial on all new accounts, and you can get started by going to dwellbible.com backslash good or texting GOOD to 39383, and we will put those links in the show notes. So, again, thank you to the amazing folks at Dwell who have been such uh, just such amazing partners so far. Dean, well, have you ever listened to Scripture? Have you ever listened?
1: Yeah? Here's what I'll I'll take everyone back 30 years. I used to buy the cassette tapes of the Bible. They came in these giant books, Mm -hmm. and I would um, put them in a cassette player. The old one looked like a shoebox. And yep. I used to play scripture. You could only get the King James version for a very long time, which is not. Oh my gosh! Version. But yeah. then I like I, my mind blew up. I think I got the New American Standard, or I got something else. I bought them all, and yeah. So I, going yep. back thirty years ago, I was listening to Bible. I know, right? <laughs> yep. That's amazing.
0: Um, so, all right, uh, season two. It's been yeah. a minute since yeah. we've since we've caught up. I mean, you and I talk fairly regularly, so there's yep. not a ton of practical stuff to catch up on, but. Season two, let's talk just for 30 seconds about the future of the podcast. So we're just yeah. going to keep going. Um, I w- I'm actually continually shocked at the amount of people that reach out that love mm-hmm. our yeah. uh, weekly pontifications here on the podcast.
1: And It's very nice, mm-hmm. right? And which is good. And we love talking about business. We talk a lot about tech business. Mm-hmm. But just the intersection between our faith and our business Um we love entrepreneurs. We love inspiring entrepreneurs. And, you know, ultimately the, the follow through, the flow through is we need more wealth in the hands of people who will do good with that money and right. build the kingdom of God. So that's the whole point. Yep.
0: Yep. It's going to be fun. We're going to be, you and I are going to continue talking. We're going to do interviews. We are going to mm-hmm. do, you know, maybe a, a little email newsletter, maybe, maybe even some kind of summit uh, retreat hang at some point this year somewhere maybe maybe a golf trip who knows um so anyways okay hey let's jump right into this um Mm -hmm. i saw a tweet yesterday so mark rudolph who is the co-founder of netflix tweeted uh any founder who doesn't acknowledge the role that luck played in their success is fooling themselves i agree with that Um, we wouldn't call it
1: luck we would call it providence or you know just kind of living in the kind of the divine Mm -hmm. you know kind of that that bucket. But yeah, like there's timing that you can't orchestrate. Mm-hmm. And then right place, right time, right product. I feel that. You know, yep. digital giving, it was in its infancy. I had a competitor who a competitor who was spending millions of dollars to acquire customers. And we literally for like three years just skated on the back of their spend and ran ads towards them. And so there's, there's definitely, uh, for us, it's not like it's just the providence of God and you you do enough, you submit to God, you submit Mm -hmm. your plans and you Mm -hmm. walk the path and, you know, sometimes you just find yourself right in the middle of an absolute outpouring of blessing. So,
0: yeah. Something I remember you used to always say, which when, when I met you and you were my pastor, Mm-hmm. you one of the reasons I loved you was you were just such a stark contrast to what I had grown grown up in but you used to always say uh we move and then God moves mm-hmm. and right. I, I always think about that especially even obviously as Christians been in the life of an entrepreneur it's like yeah there is what we would call luck involved yeah but um at the same time it's us kind of taking chances and taking risks yeah and you, you you like leaving leaving the rest up to God right
1: yeah. Yeah. It's always, you have to make the first move. I don't think God's sitting up there going like you're saying, God, give me this idea and he gives it to you. And he's like, oh, God, give me, like, show me when to do this. And like, no, no, just start, go do, get moving. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you run into God. And mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, I've been waiting here for you. Cause he's the beginning and the end. And so for us to get to wherever we're going, we're going to get moving. And then we, and then sometimes you run into a brick wall and that that's like, a, Oh, that door closed. No problem. You can't sit there, you know, you got to dust off for a minute sometimes because you got whacked, you know, financially mm-hmm. or emotionally or just your confidence got whacked. So you, you, you know, dust off, you pray up, you get your mm-hmm. confidence back and then you get moving again. And yeah. that's how it works. That's how it works yeah. for me.
0: Right. So, so much has happened since we last talked, obviously markets, interest rates, venture funding, mm-hmm. like, and, you know, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk more about that over the coming Coming months, Mm -hmm. but um, there's actually been quite a bit of acquisitions, uh, especially in kind of like the small to mid-size media space. Even I've seen some SaaS stuff, but there was a really cool um, acquisition here recently that I wanted to tell you about. So, and I think I've actually probably shown you this YouTube channel before. So, there was this YouTube channel called Our Future, it was essentially a YouTube channel. Uh, a tiktok feed and i think an instagram account maybe maybe a few other things and basically the only goal that it had was to educate millennials and gen Zers about business and so they would do these like hyper short poppy videos explaining you know andrew carnegie all the way to you know how the nfl started in a minute and a half or less or whatever and it kind of blew up on tiktok and the kids that started it i think were still in they were either still in college or in business school when they started it. So uh, it's called Our Future, and it's sold to um, Morning Brew. And so it's literally the first TikTok media startup ever acquired. So first first content play to build and sell uh, just off of predominantly TikTok alone. So they have a million followers, billion views across TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. Uh, but here's hey, one, sister. You just, intra-
1: there's, a, yep. there's a side thought I have. Do we think TikTok's mm-hmm. going to get shut down in America? I keep hearing rumblings on the, in the politics from both parties that, so, you know, I have my, it's my wife's friend, but I know her really well. She just, she gets you your first job in Hollywood. She's an agent. mm -hmm. And she had a video go like 500,000, like went viral mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's opened up a bunch of new business for her. And I'm like, man, I'm not sure I want my business relying on TikTok because it might not be Yeah,
0: exactly. It, even more to your point, I was talking to a guy the other day who uh, runs a business that essentially helps large-scale influencers monetize their audiences. So the first thing he does is do an audit of all their following. And he said that 100,000 Twitter followers, 100,000 YouTube subscribers carries the same value as a million and a half TikTok followers, right? Because of exactly that 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 reason, right? It's more dependent on the algorithm. My thing about it, the all in guys just talked about it on the last episode. I don't know how you just shut it off completely. To me, that's a
1: political that's a political liability. I think Lose a lot of young voters, I guess. But if they if they're bipartisan, remember Trump had the idea to put it on Oracle, like get give it to Oracle mm -hmm. somehow and put it on Oracle servers, servers. Yep base it here and stuff so i don't know that was
0: a lot of the that was a lot of the combo is what if it gets sold to an american entity right um i don't know anyway. so many people use it it's interesting though for sure we um so okay so here's what's interesting though they out of this spun out an agency arm that started helping brands create short-form content um so a lot of people think that that's really why morning brew bought them right so you've got morning brew which predominantly reaches older millennials, people that are already in like the professional workforce, and I'm sure they're diversifying going, okay, we need to reach younger people. Um, And Morning Brew, like the dirty little secret in all of these Morning Brew, the hustle, is that they're all paying, they do what's called ad arbitrage. So they're paying $1 to $2 per email, knowing the lifetime value of that email is worth, you know, between 15 and 30 bucks, in some cases, 40 or 50, right? So they're paying for subscribers. But they're looking at this this company, our future, and going, wait a minute, there is this whole other arm of organic growth that we can have, reaching a younger demographic through short form video. It to me is just really like really interesting in how this really niche business, which really didn't even start out as a business, could grow and sell over the course of eighteen months to a really big company, and now basically just slotted into um, what this what this thing is. So it basically you know makes. Morning Brew's ad inventory now is newsletter podcast and now short form video. So they can say, hey, if we, you know, oh, and by the way, company that's doing advertisements for us, not only can we put your logo on a short form video, we can produce these short form videos on your behalf that can, you know, reach millions and or billions of um I mean, the brew's not that impressions. How
1: long has Morning Brew been around?
0: Like, I think it was 20, 2016, 20, 2016, 2017, yeah. Yeah, six, so, seven years,
1: so you wouldn't call that... Yeah. That's a new company, but I guess mm-hmm. these days, five, seven years, isn't that new anymore? And yep. so it, I think the, the, myth, the thing to learn about this is um, acquiring businesses makes sense when they're very additive and they do something you don't. And <laughs> we've acquired businesses that do something we already do, which I would say is more painful because you've got to integrate things and there's a bit of customer confusion the stuff that we've built or acquired that is something we don't already do is much more awesome because I can cross sell my current products to that you know customer base. A lot of times when you're buying a business, you're buying the, um, certainly in software, you're buying the customers, right? There's a bunch of product that someone built so you get that and that's useful and I can go and sell that to my current customers. And then that particular product in my particular vertical, I can sell my current products to those customers. So the value of that is awesome. So this is, this is just a lesson in um, when you buy a company, make sure it's additive in the sense that it does something you don't already do, or maybe it does it better than you currently do it right and you can put all your customers on it because it's better but also the cross sell right that's that's mm-hmm. the name of the game so and, yeah and these guys have reached down into a younger demographic obviously with this acquisition right morning brew is right. 35 to 50 you know these guys are probably 20 to you know 35 35 yeah so, very it cool. brings
0: up an inter it brings up an interesting point in tact being tactical about the kind of business that you start and so there, there's we, we've talked about these like you know cash flow lifestyle businesses we've talked about the hundred to a thousand x venture-based businesses is there and, and i don't want to i don't say this this isn't easy and it's not quick so just because these guys found a niche built a niche and found the right acquirer in 18 months right. it, it doesn't mean it's easy so i don't want that I don't want to communicate that. But is there a world where like, and I've seen a lot of people talk about this. Let's just say hypothetically, someone's looking at Tithely and they're going, you know, Tithely probably could use this kind of product that's a value add for their customers. They may be developing in-house. They may not. And there may be 10 different companies that are semi-competition to Tithely. I'm going to build this little app or I'm going to build this little add-on or this little widget with the App-ineers sole intention – with Right, with the sole intention of coming to you 10 months from now and going, hey, yep. you might not want to pay a million for this, but maybe you'll pay 250 Maybe it's an aqua hire thing. Like, yep. is that a – There's like, probably
1: five of those that are I'm nurturing right now. Okay. And then we just got offered a, a pretty big company that does something that we don't do. So, yeah, 100%. Like, once mm-hmm. you're – if you're in deal mode and people know mm-hmm. you're in deal mode and you acquire and stuff, they seek you out and it's awesome. And right. sometimes you say yes, sometimes you say no. Right. That's why as a like a CEO and a CFO, you should always have access to funds, either debt, right? And there's good debt and bad debt mm-hmm. um, and or, you know, sell off equity to be able to acquire a comp- company. So you're, you're always kind of in the business of making sure You have access to capital to be able to strike when the opportunity comes. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Um, Okay. So as kind of, this is almost like a segue into kind of a similar topic. So um, we talk a lot about My First Million, the podcast. Um, I love that show. One of the reasons I love it is because it's just so down to earth, you know, like these guys are tech guys, but they're also into like the most basic businesses ever so you get this like big swath of ideas and they, they interview a lot of different kind of people so on this last episode uh they kind of brought up this question of if you were going to go from zero to a million dollars in 2023 and then they kind of changed it and said okay let's say you're at your job you're making 100k a year and you want to figure out the the best path to go from a hundred thousand a year to half a million in right. potential earning potential, what would you do? Right. Um, one thing they say is you can't sell your job, right? So, right. which is, obviously, we know, we, we talk a lot about about that. Yeah. And so one of the guys basically talked about his idea would be, uh, okay, if you want to go from 100 grand a year to half a million a year, he said, I would create an agency that targets a specific part of a business that makes money already and help them do what they do better so the example he used was like email marketing for e-commerce brands or mm-hmm. conversion rate optimization right how do we convert traffic into sales um mm-hmm. I, I know a guy who does influencer marketing and ad buying so he goes to let's say a Tidly and says hey Tidly, um you're gonna spend x amount this year in influencers here's what we're gonna do for five thousand dollars a month i'm going to recruit the influencers I'm going to help them create the content, and then I'm going to do, I'm going to manage your ad buying with those influencers, right? right? And you may have five clients at a time, or 10 clients at a time, right? Three contractors working for him makes a really good, really good living. So right. basically, what what they were saying here is performance marketing or content marketing uh, for niche verticals, right? And essentially, this could be a micro agency with a couple employees, a couple of contractors that could do 900k a year in revenue at a 60% margin, right? That could yeah. essentially make you a good living, and then those things do sell for you know two and a half times revenue or or whatever, which I thought was really interesting for oh, someone who who ha- someone who has an expertise
1: in something yeah, and wants hard, to build a good lifestyle business. The hard thing in there is like software is scalable, services which are reliant on the talents of people typically don't get as high multiple because I've got, you know, Mike Whittle, who's this expert guy at getting the influences and whipping it all up. And like, you're just a natural at that. And I buy you. Like I'm one, I'm going to lock you in for 10 years, but you don't want that. You want to sell the business. So I would err on the side of creating software. I I spoke to a guy yesterday. It's like 50, 50 software services, Mm services, nothing wrong with services. They're just hard to scale and they're hard to sell because the service is based on the talent of the person. Right. So I'm, I'm encouraging him. I'm like, dude, like build out your software. Like you've got this idea, you're really good at it. You go and do the service side of this really well, but really like get the software automating and doing this thing. So that can be 80, 90% of your business. Right. That's what's sellable for a higher multiple. Cause right. then all i do is take the customers let the software keep doing its thing and you know right. add, add some features cross sell all the rest but mm-hmm. software sells <laughs> services a bit bit tougher
0: right yeah, totally i guess my question would be for someone who is who maybe doesn't necessarily want to build a business they can sell for 15 or 20 X. Who says, right. man, I would love just to make 350 grand a year, work from yep. home, have right. my own business. That's an awesome um, life. right And there. Become, a, become a millionaire over the course of 10 years because I've built about. a, so, okay, what would you do? Like if you were Dean Sweetman and yep. I said to you today, okay, you got a job, you pay your bills, you got some money in the bank, um, but you want to, you know, 5X, 4X your income right. over the next two years. I've learned a lot
1: in the last seven years about software and SaaS, and I have ideas that I would go and do, right? Just because I'm exposed to it every single day. And, you know, and I, I learned things quick. You know, I, was, I dropped out of school in the 10th grade. So I was hopeless at like studying and putting a test in front of me, but I'm really good at like watching and reading and seeing what something, you know, is like happening over here and going, oh, I can do that, you know, and, and, and learn quick. Um, so I, I've got software ideas that you know, if if I wanted to do something on top of the already sixty hours a week I work, um, I could do. But you know, <laughs> I think that there's a step before that. The step, and we've talked about it. What do you have expertise in? What do you have knowledge in? And what can you do with that knowledge and expertise? Expertise that sees problems that you can fix. So I, I think like. we've talked about some founders where they've just gone and done something in an industry they knew nothing about and they lucked out and it was like right place, right time or whatever. And they're smart people. But the best method is I'm an expert in X. So I was an expert in the business of church. That's how Tithely started. I knew how church ran. Right. And I knew all the pain points. and I knew all the problems because I lived it for 30 years. So now, you know, Maybe you're 25 and you haven't done something for 30 years. That's just, That was just my journey. But maybe you're 25 and you, you're into something for five years and you're really into it. I would start with solving problems in in something I knew about and then I'd go build to, to do that. And that's that's kind of always been my journey into into business. Into and if business. it took one year or two years, and, and like I said, maybe it's a lifestyle business that I keep and I can run with two or three people and, you know, bring them half a million bucks a year. Nothing wrong with that. Or, or it scales and it grows and you get to 10, 20, 30 million in revenue and you flip the thing for 400 million, all the better. Those That takes Holiday. 10 years typically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and those are much harder. But, um, you know, just what become an expert in something. That's where you know where you can look and see problems that no one else can see. And when you solve problems no one else can see, that's the vortex of, you know, rocketing business opportunity
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yep i love that okay okay so last lastly um we're almost a month into 2023 so mm-hmm. far so you've got a bit of a head start give me a prediction mm. does do, um, do like do we go into a recession has the I market think, bottomed? yes recession
1: i think it's a soft soft one i think it's like 20 i was looking back at all the recessions um 2010 was a mild re- recession. Uh, sorry, not 2000, 2002. After the dot-com bust, the recession kind of took a bit, but it happened in tech first, kind of like today. But the rest of the economy chugged along pretty good and it wasn't a, a massive recession. So that's what I'm thinking. I think housing is going to, like, keep coming down a little bit, but then as soon as rates come back, housing's going to go. Because The supply and demand is just off off the chain as far as there's not enough homes, and so you know, if you're going to buy a house, I'd buy it before June Mm. and refi in 18 months from your six and a half percent. Get down because you think you
0: think post June, you think post June will be past the worst of it. I think so, yeah.
1: So, definitely buy Q4, I think, where
0: yeah, off to the races. Gosh, man! I'll tell you what: houses that looked attractive at a two and a half percent interest rate now with a five and a half or six percent interest rate is no I know. joke. It's, I know. No, I know. it's no joke. I know. The flip side um, is
1: I'm getting four and a half percent on money sitting in a in a brokerage account now. Yes, I was but getting zero percent. So mm-hmm. you know, like I'm making four and a half percent by doing nothing. Right. If I'm borrowing at six and a half, it's still like that's if you have capital, you know, sitting right. around earning money, but right. Um, hopefully the markets will, you know, have a good ten percent year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That could happen. Hopefully, yeah.
0: I feel like every prediction everyone comes up with is. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, man, we never know. And okay, as usual, uh, we don't give any financial advice. Uh, no, financial no, advice. do not yeah. take. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Lastly, anything you've read, watched lately? I just finished last night the Bernie Madoff documentary on um, Netflix. My is that God, the one with it's just a it's a it's a four part documentary just, just about yeah, I I his life. That. Man, they. Talk about,
1: oh, brazen, just insane! Yeah. I it, it's, the it's, it's almost they're literally. Oh my like a Secret
0: floor of the puffer. No one could go up there. <laughs> they, I mean, they they manufactured yeah. trade documents and gave yeah. to the SEC. Yeah, I know. Just and not it isn't. It wasn't right. until some derivatives trader looked at all of it right. and was like, "This is It now. was. It was a competitor trying to. Uh, build a a product like theirs, right. and the, his managers went in and handed him the stuff and said, "We need you to recreate this." And he um, spent like three weeks on it and came back and said, "This is this is a Ponzi scheme."
1: Will Will, will um, FTX guy go to jail? You reckon, or does he have too many Gosh. Democrat friends? Too many, too
0: many Democrat donor friends? <laughs> Gosh, I, I don't know, man.
1: Yep, I, I, you know I could care less about him. I do have a book recommendation i that I haven't read, but okay. a guy told me to say it's his favorite business book. called okay. Crossing the Chasm crossing the so chasm read that. Crossing. okay it's pretty awesome and i think it's a, like a lot of business books it's basically you strip everything away and you focus on the one thing mm. for as long as you can i think that's great but i'm gonna go read that so if someone beats cool. us do it you know let us know story. how it is yeah, yeah we'll uh we'll
0: find it link to it in the show notes all right amazing well hey listen if you're listening to this and you're part of this uh community do us a massive favor uh subscribe on apple Podcasts, spotify wherever you listen to this leave us a rating leave us a review it honestly it helps massively for discoverability um and we got some exciting things coming so dean it's as good as always glad to be doing this again in 2023 always we'll see you guys uh see you guys next week